What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Tiffany Hoyd, and you're listening to Hogs Havens Riled Up. We're riled up to bring you the hottest Washington football team topics with a twist. I'm here with my co-host, Alana Bearfield. What's up, Alana? I'm doing great, Tiffany. I hope everyone else is having an amazing uh, day, especially with Washington, okay? Washington football team showed out for us, especially that man, our man, I guess, for the Washington football team, Taylor Heineke, showed up and showed out without a doubt. I have, you know, you know, coming to America, right? Of course. Uh, this might of go course. over some listeners head, but go watch coming to America if you've never seen it. But there's these three old men sitting in the audience after the this, this singer performs and they say, that boy, good, that boy, good, right? It's now... Taylor Heineke, the entire time he was playing, that's what was going through my head. Uh, Like you said, I don't think, I mean, I'm a competitor, so I don't think I've ever been this excited about a loss, (laughs) but I'm excited. I'm I'm excited too. I mean, yes, we lost, but at the same time, it showed us how much grit we have, how much passion we have in that this was a building year. You know, we we honestly, if we really want to look at it, we knew we weren't going to win all the way, but we had a good opportunity. We had a good chance. And this is what it was all about. But I'm honestly interested to see what this future holds, right? We have Washington football team and we have a lot of key players. Now we have Heineke in the mix of everything. And I'm excited to talk about all this, especially with Kelsey Nicole Nelson, the host of The Fit, who was recognized as DMV Sports Media Person of the Year. A lot of Washington fans and DC sports fanatics are familiar with Kelsey's work and what she's been able to do in her career thus far. Without further ado, welcome to the show, the DMV native superstar, Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Kelsey, I am so excited to have you on the show today. You have done so much in your career. You are literally, I I mean, a tiger when it comes to the media industry, especially in the DMV area. For people who are listening in right now, who is Kelsey Nelson? Oh, I love that question. Well, thank you both so much for having me. An honor and pleasure to be here. And I just like to call myself multifaceted, right? I've never been able to be placed in a box. And it's been great to be able to be a freelance sports reporter here in the DMV area, which is my hometown. And you guys both know many people always say it's hard to make it in your hometown, right? You usually have to go away and come back where my career has pretty much been the opposite. And now today I'm working with our Washington football team, which has been tremendous in itself. I have my own show, Listening with KNN, by Fox Sports Radio. I'm working with the Big East Digital Network, covering Georgetown women's basketball. So it's great. I get to cover all the major pro teams, all the major um, collegiate teams, and just bring content to people, whether it's TV, radio, or written content. I'm just honored to be able to do it in the DMV area and hopefully deliver high quality content to the fans here. Oh, and I'm teaching. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot that. I don't want anybody to be mad at me. So I'm also teaching intro to radio and podcasting. So it's also great to be able to touch the next generation, also working with Georgetown University and graduate students who want to enter the sports industry management field. Absolutely. You're doing great things as far as mentorship. And you said you were a professor. I wanted to bring that up. Um, what's the, the importance to you to being a mentor? Because you're doing a lot of things in the community as far as D.C., Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a great question. So, I mean, mentoring is near and dear to my heart. You know, growing up, my parents worked a lot. So I am the product of mentors. I was always, you know, with caring adults who really poured into me and wanted me to just be my greatest self. And so for me, it's, you know, I'm a Boys and Girls Club baby. I grew up in the Boys and Girls Club. You know, now I love volunteering with them and working with them. And I just know how much my counselors telling me I could always do something. I remember them being there after having rough days. And even my parents always telling me there's nothing that I can't do. I want every student, every young person to have that because it's a hard world. We see what's happening in the world right now. So you need a strong support system. That's what a mentor is. A mentor helps you get through things that sometimes you've never experienced, right? And I think that's kind of why I'm big on positive vibes and energy. It's because I have a great circle around me and I want to make sure others have that as well. And then I'm also big into representation and diversity. And I think mentorship does that. It's so important for people to see people that are our shades uh, people with, you know, our hair textures and everything else that they can do it too, right? Because seeing is truly believing. I think the power of a mentor is just having somebody guide you along the way and make sure you stay the course. 
Seeing is truly believing. I, I absolutely love that because when you get to see your reflection and for everyone who's listening, just knowing that there is three African-American women on this podcast right now, all talking about sports is absolutely amazing to me. And you mentioned about experiences that shape you, right? So you attended uh, Georgetown University for to get your master's degree. And for undergrad, you went to University of Maryland College Park. How did those experiences shape who you are today as a journalist, as a woman, and just all around, Kelsey? Yeah, so I mean, going to Maryland was a dream come true. You know, biggest school in the area, great journalism program. And when I went to Maryland initially, I was a psychology major. Because even though in high school I was over our yearbook and I had done newspaper, everyone was like, journalists don't make money, right? So I was like, okay, I'll do psychology. I like CSI, law and order, you know. Maybe I'll be a lawyer, maybe I'll be a psychologist, but went in and it just wasn't my passion. You know, I could get through the classes, but I wasn't excited to go to class. You know, it was more of a drag. Lo and behold, I switched over to the Philip H. Merrill College of Journalism, and it's truly the rest is history. I felt right at home. I got involved in the sports program, had professors that pushed me and propelled me. It was the first time ever in my entire life that I had failed an assignment, right? Because if you have one word spell wrong or a factual error, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, whole thing's wrong. And I liked that push. I liked a challenge. And I think Maryland pushed me to be my best self. Everything was hands-on. I mean, and then it's also great because I think journalism is a bit different than other college majors. Your professors, you know, they're asking you about your projects at night or different things like that. You know, where other majors, I don't think it's as hands-on. But Maryland, I think, really showed me that I could do it, that I could succeed in this field. It taught me how to be a one-man band. It taught me how to juggle multiple jobs. I've never only worked for one person in my entire life. Maryland helped me learn time management, though, so I could still get through things and still be my best self at each job, right? Because I'm big into quality over quantity. Have a lot of jobs, but I need to be my best self at each of those jobs so I can keep propelling to do that. And then lo and behold, Georgetown just kind of upped that notch even more. And then Georgetown kind of got me into the teaching ranks. Had never really thought about it, enjoyed mentoring, but everyone's like, Kelsey, you're really good at this. Like, we enjoyed listening to you. You need to teach. So lo and behold, now I'm a capstone advisor at Georgetown. That kind of helped me lead to my Doral College teaching. I work with Richard Wright Public Charter School for Journalism and Media Arts here in the D&D area. So it's just crazy to me that all the things I learned from college now, I'm kind of giving back. And it shows how life truly does go full circle, right? <laughs> like, at one point, I'm a student in class, and now I have students in my classes. And I think Georgetown and Maryland, they pushed me, they propelled me, and then they connected me with the right people. Again, I'm working in my hometown area. At Maryland and at Georgetown, you're working with some of the best industry leaders in the DMV area. So when you do great in classes, if they have an opportunity, who do you think the first person they're going to go to? It's going to be you. And that's kind of how my entire career has been someone pushing me this way, pushing me that way, connecting me with this person, connecting me with that person. And then also they just taught me too how to use social media, how to brand myself, and then ultimately how to make money off of those brands. That's so huge. Everything you're saying is such a testament to DC. Like I, you're, you're a DMV girl and I can tell. I can tell by how you carry yourself and how you are with representation of people who look like you. Uh, I went to school at Howard University and I came with the, the <laughs> yes, with the initiative to work in sports. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how unique yet successful you could be in DC with sports. And um, I just want you to speak to how DC sports culture is and how like, I mean, it's a really, you talked about these peers, they're not just um, excellent in the DMV. These peers are excellent in the world of sports and they're right here in DC. Right, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. My senior year at Maryland, I was being taught by Kevin Blackstone, you know, an industry leader in sports media. And you have access to these people, Scott Van Pelt, Maryland alum, best believe he gives back to Maryland. So like literally you're learning from the best and brightest. She went to Howard University. Talk about the long list of Howard University alums. You know, I'm a frequent guest on WHUR at Howard University. I've covered Howard football, you know, Howard homecoming, the people that you get connected to. And so I think DC is great because it's the Mecca, right? We're the most powerful nation, the most powerful city in the entire world. That's how powerful DC is. And that's why for me, why go anywhere else when I'm the most powerful city? I mean, everybody, if anything, wants to come here. And so I think for me being in DC, not only are you covering local sports, but it's a national political helm. And so also in college, one of the things I did was a public policy fellowship. And so I'm versed in sports, but I can also talk to politics. I can talk to public policy. And as we know now, sports has become even more political, right? Sports has always been political. I hate when people say sports and politics, two different things. No, don't ever just shut up and dribble. 
never, never, never that. But like having being versed in both things, such as um, athletes getting paid, right? That's a sports story, but also a political story. So I'm able to add um, assets to both. And I think what's great about DC is that everything's here. ESPN has an office here. The NCAA has a legal office here. Like everything you need is right here and you're able to easily access those people and those resources. And then, as I said, there's such powerful people here. If you can't easily touch them, they'll be able to still connect you with somebody else um, who's important. So I think it's just easy that I can hop on the Metro pre-COVID, of course, and just get to wherever I need this to go to and, you know, be in the right spot. Even games. I don't have a car. I'll tell you guys, I didn't have a license. I haven't needed it, though, covering sports in D.C. because everything is so easy to get to. And even now, you know, when I'm going to Ashburn, Washington football team, huge team here, lots of national media cover that team as well as local media. So I have that access. But I will touch on the point that, I mean, we are Black women, as we said in this podcast. And even though D.C. used to be Chocolate City, our media does not represent that, especially our mainstream media. So, you know, in DC, I'm constantly reminded that I am a Black woman covering media in this area, right? It's still the old boys club here, such as it is in many cities. So we're still trying to diversify our media. It's kind of increasing and growing, but we still need Black women in sports talk radio here. We still need Black women in sports talk television here. We still need more Black women writers here on the mainstream level. So I think DC is great because we have a lot of bloggers podcasters and freelancers, but we want to get them to that mainstream level because they're doing the work, right? Their feet on the ground. They have sources. They have everything else. They have the background, the education, but we want them to be uh, realized mainstream. And so I think we're in DC facing what many cities are facing, again, diversifying our media and making sure that there is representation. Representation is everything. Right. It goes back to that point that you made earlier, seeing is believing. And also it's a way for you to connect to players. Right. I mean, yes, you're a woman, but when you see a black reporter walk into that locker room, everybody's going to turn and you understand you can connect. You can say, oh, I see you got those uh, new shoes on. Or did you see that meme on Twitter? It's a way that you, as you know, you can connect. Now for Washington football team, you host, you're a digital host there, but you have so many shows. For instance, you have The Life, right? Where you blend music and um, pop culture. And then you have The Fit, where you go inside of their wardrobe um, to see these players. And then you have Washington Unfiltered. You are unstoppable, my girl, okay? <laughs> Thank you, I'm trying. <laughs> How, how has those experiences been to be a Black woman, to be on mainstream, to be in those spaces when we're talking about the Washington football team? Yeah, I'll tell you guys, it's meant a lot to join the Washington football team. I mean, growing up, all I knew was Washington football around me, you know, and I'll say it, I grew up a Ravens fan, but I always knew how big the Washington football team here was. And I'll tell you the reason why I grew up a Ravens fan is because my, my family is very big into black history and sports. And you all know this because you cover sports. Washington was the last team to integrate, right? My dad went to Graham State University. I am the product of HBCUs, my entire family, right? So I knew history very early on. But saying all that to say, working with the Washington football team, a team that, you know, when I was a little kid, I saw the greats go through, you know, Doug Williams, who was a Grambling State alum, played for, played for this football team. I remember going to Washington football team games, giving a free ticket, because my family couldn't afford games, got a free ticket to games. Remember just watching them. And to know that now this is the team I'm covering, these are the fans that I'm with, you know, the fans that I grew up with, it's been great. And even now to have people from my elementary school, middle school, and high school say, wow, Kelsey, remember you said this, but now to see you working for the hometown team, it's so special because there's no place like home. It's not even a cliche thing, but there's no place like home. When you bled it, when you breathed it, when you've just been around that culture, you talked about pop culture references. I can reference things to DC, right? We can talk about mumbo sauce and go-go music and things that truly are DC. And the players appreciate that. With Chase Young, we can talk about PG County, right? I'm from Montgomery County. Chase Young is from PG County. We're the two largest uh, predominantly African-American um, counties in the state of Maryland. A lot of similar cultures went to University of Maryland, which is in PG uh, County. We could talk about how New Balances change PG County culture, right? So there's just different references that we're able to touch on and connect. And right, when you see somebody that's just similar looking, you kind of already have that connection, right? Because we probably had a similar background. We have similar language that we'll use, right? That maybe other people won't get. It was so funny because when I'm taping the live show, Fred Smoot made a reference to coming to America and one of our one of our editors was like, wait, what? Like, I've never heard that saying. And it was just so- I love it. You haven't seen Coming to America? Like, that's a classic movie. And then me and Fred Smith had to remind ourselves. It's like in our culture, right? Like, Coming to America, we've all seen a million times, right? Like, I could probably 
voice over that movie without a script because we know every single line of that movie. But I'll say that to do these digital shows and we know everything's going digital and then to know people can watch my show on NBC Sports Washington and stay connected with this football team. And DC is a football town. I'll tell you that it doesn't matter how good or how bad that team is doing. We love our football. We just do like we bleed burgundy and gold. I give all the time references. I've been to Washington football team weddings, Washington football team themed funerals. All right. That's a real thing in DC because that's how much people love this football team. That's why this whole name controversy is so big because people truly like have pledged an allegiance to this team. That's how it's always been in DC. doesn't matter what happens in DC. We were happy for the Capitals, happy for the Mets, hoping for the Wizards. <laughs> happy for the mystics, but people love football. And so I think for me, it's just been great to kind of see life come full circle, connect with these young guys that sometimes remind me that I'm old. I'm telling you guys, sometimes they're saying rappers and I'm like, who, wait, what? Like I'm thinking I'm like in touch with pop culture and they're putting me on to like different things, but it's great because it just shows like how sports connects us all through so many different facets. And at the end of the day, these guys are athletes, but they're human beings with interests, just like the rest of us. And I think for me, it's great to just kind of find those niches and stories and bring that to our fans, right? Because it's more than just what's on the football field. Our fans have been asking to stay connected to the players. They want to know more. And that's essentially what I was tasked with. And especially for Washington to be a part of this culture change. I'm sure you guys have heard of this culture change. That's what I'm a part of, right? I'm a black woman covering the Washington football team. I mean, you can look around leagues. You don't always see black women covering teams as team reporters. And I think for me, it's just special because especially because DC is changing so much, DC is a gentrified city. It just shows that there are some things that just won't change, such as me, I say true and real to my city, you know, true and real to myself. And it means a lot, you know, and I have nice messages all the time on social media, like Kelsey, thank you. Like, I'm so glad to see you here. It means so much. I'm glad my daughter can watch you. I'm glad my son can watch you and see what they can be. Because again, when a city's changing constantly and you're having people that have been here pushed out, you need some type of constant. And I'm hoping on that type of constant, you know, for these people to see and realize. And then I get to bring new ideas in. And since I'm a black woman, you know, there's different things I've experienced in our production meetings. I'm able to say, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And it's just great, you know, like we were able to integrate the versus battles, you know, on our shows. And those were so much fun, right? Over quarantine. But, you know, it's just those small things, Elena, that go a long way. And so that's why I'm glad to work for the Washington football team, but also just bring like a different element, hopefully to the coverage. And if you can't tell, I'm high energy, high spirited. So I like to have fun on the shows as well. And so, you know, so much goes on in the world, especially here in DC, such as what we're still experiencing, you know, going outside and seeing National Guard troops everywhere. So I'm trying to hopefully bring a smile into someone's life, into someone's safe space so that for those 30 minutes that they're watching my shows, they're like, all right, you know, I'm enjoying Kelsey, we're talking football. And there is some good in the world. That was a long answer from your question. Oh, that there was so much in there. I was like, okay, I want to go here. I want to go here. Well, <laughs> when by the time you finish, I'm dead set on asking you the question. Uh, DC culture. I always say, like DC, you never until you live in DC, you don't know how much of D, how much DC culture affects the rest of the world. And um, when we talk about like how rich this heritage is, right? And you talk about how all the black college alum and all the all the just the black the black revolutionaries that are based to this day in D.C. Um, I wanna I wanna just talk about how uh, Alana and I have been trying to conceptualize this, but a lot of our sports teams they miss capitalizing on certain things that are right in their backyard like there's there's a certain culture of dc that i think if it got out there we would end up getting the best free agents it wouldn't be a question of dak prescott was coming here because we're not we have that culture that people it's infectious like it's the reason why people will come to howard university go to umd and go to georgetown our culture is very infectious and our professional teams I don't feel as though they capitalize on that other than the Wizards. I think they've done a good job thus far. Um, but can you speak to that, capitalizing on the culture of D.C.? Yeah, I'm so happy you touched on that. You know, and I remember when we heard that our G League team would be called the Go-Go. It meant a lot to us in D.C., right, because it was a reference. And what one thing Jason Wright was talking about, the president of the Washington football team, is if the name changes, making sure that it's true to this area. That's so important because D.C. means so much, like you said. And I think we set cultural norms for others. And you're right. Like, you know, I was doing a charity event and a residence in Ward 8 said, you know, we haven't seen some of these Washington football team players since like the 80s or 90s in our community. 
it meant so much for them to get some love from the team in their area because again they like you know fans some fans really feel like they're part of the team like they give their all and that team is them it's part of their identity you know I've been in groups where when you have to describe yourself one some people will say Washington football team fan is one of the first things that describes them, right? It's just that important to them. You talk about Howard and just the precedent that Howard set, you know, with our vice president-elect Kamala Harris going in office, you know, how many people are now learning about HBCUs and Black Greek life? It means a lot. And I think that's what DC does. I talked about DC being Chocolate City previously, right? And what that plays into. The name, uh, the former name of the Washington Wizards, the Washington Bullets, that name meant a lot to people in this area. And of course we know why the name changed, People like that it was true to this area, right? And I know they changed it because they're trying to lessen the violence that happened in DC, but you'll still see a lot of bullet scare, right? Because it means a lot to that team. And I think what DC has done in the culture change, it's great because what happens in DC, like you said, it reciprocates around the rest of the world, I think. And we get really attached to our people. That's why when John Wall left, it wasn't just because his basketball, it was because how attached the city got to him because he did so much good in the community. You know, it means a lot. That's why the Washington football team, we just did our hype video with Wale. Wale is from the area. He's from my county, right? Like. It meant a lot to have him there. They put Ben's Chili Bowl in that hype video as well. Ben's Chili Bowl is a DC landmark, an icon. If you come to DC, you gotta get a chili dog. It's just like one of the things that you have to do. And it's important, and you're right. I think the college teams do well. I think Georgetown's a school, you know, where Hoya Paranoia, Hoya Paranoia is still a thing. You know, Hoya Saxa is still a thing. Maryland's just legendary, right? Maryland basketball, you could go back to just from Coalfield House days. And I mean, it's just, it's like that, right? I mean, it's, it's just that, but I will say the Wizards do get it right. I think one of the great things that the Wizards did, they did a marketing campaign and they started doing concerts after some of the games. And I remember we saw Belle Biv DeVoe, like they brought just back these legends and icons. So you're blending sports and music. DC is sports and music, right? We had Don't Mute DC. We had that whole movement because people were trying to mute go-go music in DC when it's, it's DC, you can't do that, right? So I thought that was special. And I think you're right. I think if we can build marketing campaigns that speak to the true residents of DC, I'm talking about people born and bred here, it would go so far because again, DC loves their own. It's just true. Like we love our own because right. you know, there's, it's something special about growing up here. You meet so many different people. So many things happen here that you know no one else can kind of speak to. And I think if the professional teams do that, you're right. It makes the fans truly feel a part of it. I think that's why the football team is really enriched here because, you know, for a long time, football has been a sport that predominantly African-American, right? And then you see a lot of guys from our communities make it to the pros. Stefan Diggs from pretty much from close to where I grew up, right? So seeing Stefan Diggs make it, you know, I used to, it's so funny, fun story. I used to cheerlead for where Stefan Diggs used to um, play peewee football, <laughs> the Montgomery Village Chiefs. So like when I go back to Montgomery Village, it's a cool thing to see a guy from the community and from the area make it. You can see a lot of things. Stefan Diggs is, went to Maryland for that same reason. You know, he stayed true to his area. Um, and that's why the whole, except because the Ravens are in it, but if the Ravens weren't in it, <laughs> everyone would just be rooting for the Bills because they love Stefan Diggs. And I say that to say, there's so many different things that, you know, are near and dear to this. I think the Ravens actually do an okay job referencing Baltimore, you know, crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. Like, you know, Baltimore will play on those things, but find the music of Baltimore. Put some Baltimore club music, you know, in the things that you're doing. There's just different things that you can tie your niche into. And when sports teams realize that, because as we both know, sports are becoming, football is now 51% female watching, right? 51% of females are watching football. The African-Americans that are watching football, also a very, very, very large percent. Right. So both of us check both of those boxes, which is another reason why you do want black women covering football. But saying all that to say, if your marketing is not reaching out to those people, you're forgetting a whole entire segment, which is going to hurt your bottom line. And we both know, we all know when it hurts your bottom line, sports teams kind of start to take notice, right? Because nobody wants to lose money. But I'm saying be proactive. Don't be reactive. Be proactive to these types of things because we're telling you what we want. Wizards are a good example, but there's other things that can do to speak to DC. And I'm telling you, the residents will give you love when that happens. Kelsey, you are spot on. I Once again, I don't even know what direction we're going to go into because you are <laughs> dropping so many gems. Uh, you mentioned, you hit on about how sports intertwines with culture. We know that. It intertwines with music and pop culture and all of these headlines, but more importantly, it inter intertwines with politics. And we saw that recently with the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. You also mentioned about how the surrounding areas, how that's a trickle effect on 
teens in the area. Um, you know, we've also mentioned too about how people don't want athletes to speak up and use their platform for good and to shut to shut up and dribble, right? Uh, when the cap, when the incident happened at the Capitol building, um, a lot of players spoke up. I mean, for instance, uh, Justin Jefferson, he tweeted, stop saying stick to football. Like that's our only purpose on this earth. We football players have entered every right to speak on whatever we feel, no matter the situation. Then we have Richard Sherman. Never thought Americans would be, would let terrorists into the Capitol without a fight. Sad day. Yeah. What have you seen about players speaking up when it comes to the Washington football team? Because it's it's right there, center of attention. It is the state of politics. And especially what just happened with the Capitol building, what's going on? Yeah, you just hit on so many great examples. And I'll tell you, like you said, for Washington football team players, and even just not even Washington football team players, we saw the Wizards and other athletes, for one, we never thought that could happen in D.C. When I tell you guys that I've been to the Capitol building numerous times, the amount of things, and I'm, I'm a bag lady, I have a lot of stuff in my purse, the amount of things I have to take out of my purse just to get in there is crazy. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's worse than airport security. Like, that's how tight it was to get to the capital. And also remember, like, we cherish our city. We love our city. And so to have people come from outside and destroy that building and just see those images that are so haunting, it was a quiet day in the city. And I say it was a quiet day because a lot of us had to just kind of detox because we couldn't believe what we were seeing. Our social media team took a pause because they didn't feel it was right to kind of keep, I mean, you can't really tweet out sports news when you see our city being destroyed. And it was a hard day for all of us, not just the athletes, but the whole organization, right? Because we didn't think this could happen, right? Like DC, we've seen things, but we just truly couldn't remember it happened. You know, people were talking about comparing it to September 11th and watching those images of those planes flying. You know, I'll never forget, you know, being I think in fourth grade class, watching that, my dad worked at the Pentagon, being so scared, you know, to even know like if my dad was alive. And so seeing that and just knowing that they were able to destroy and all the hatred, I think the players took it personally. I think for me, I saw a lot of players just not even mention anything. Because one, I think players do want to speak up, but they're also, I think many people were super mad. So I think some of them, Alana, were scared to even probably tweet out their thoughts and feelings. But then another side, like you said, I did see some athletes speak out saying, you know what, this is wrong. Wrong is wrong. Yes, I might play a sport, but that's my, that's my job, right? That's not who I am. I'm so much more than that. And I thought it was powerful seeing them react to it, seeing them call out injustices and wrong because they have such a large following. And I personally encourage them to do that. But I also see the other side of it of just having a who because you can't believe what's happening. So I think in DC, honestly, Lena, I think we're still going through it. I really do. I think we're still going through it because I, I said this on 106.7 The Fan. I said, the Washington football team, I mean, the, the joy that we had, even though they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was just knowing they got so close. We needed that joy in our lives because the Capitol events hurt us so bad. And that was the one event that brought us joy, just knowing Taylor Heineke comes out of nowhere and almost beats TV 12. Like, what? Like, you know, in D.C., you know, a lot of people didn't even know who this guy was. And this guy was just at ODU taking classes. And now we're all rooting for him, trying to say his last name 10 times fast. Like, it was that crazy. And we needed that. And even though the team lost, I'll tell you, that's the joy that we're holding on to because we know a lot's going on in DC. You know, you go out and you see National Guard troops everywhere and you're still like in shock. We need this for American citizens that might come and destroy our city once again for an inauguration that we wanted to enjoy. You know, I had friends that wanted to put up their places for Airbnbs, can't do that now. You know, the hotels are doing maximum security. They're sending us emails not to even come out next week. Like that's crazy. Again, in a city that we grew up in, I told you guys, I don't have a car, I walk. You know, like, so it's weird even being told that. And so I think our athletes are, you know, they're in the off season, of course, a lot of them are going to go back to where they're from or where they're living. But I just think a lot of them are hurt for the city because it's an adopted city, right? You love this if it's not your first home. But also the Washington football team, as you guys know, has a lot of local guys on this team. And so I think for them too, it just hurt because again, it's something, I'm 28 years old. I never thought I'd see anything like that. Like, I think the last time I'd been that scared in DC was when we had the DC sniper. And if you know the DC sniper, it was just crazy because nobody knew who this guy was. He was shooting people at random. I haven't been that scared since I saw the events at the Capitol, just knowing that that could take place and knowing that we might go through a round two. And so I think a lot of us are still just embracing and just hoping that we'd never see anything as bad. But I think oh, it's just a lot. A lot of us are just trying to find coping. And our Washington football team was one of those things. You know, I think that's why, too, we're hurt that we're not getting Wizards basketball because of these COVID-19 tests, because we just need kind of something to bring back our joy in D.C. Sports is usually going to do that because we know our political scene has just been 
a lot, right? We've been watching the impeachment trials and it's just been a lot in DC to say the least, but our sports teams, I think are the thing that kind of just give us hope and they, and they always have, they truly always have. And so I think, you know, once Wizards basketball gets back and hopefully we have a safe, you know, week, inauguration week, then I think, you know, our athletes will be able to kind of regain that joy, but I'm just not seeing that same joy that we usually have. And I think it's just because, you know, we're living in the world that we're living in and we just don't know what's going to happen next. I have to agree. Um, there's a lot of things up in the air. But as I told you, I went to Howard. So I know it's not very easy to reach those capital steps. So I don't know how it got that far. Uh, I, look, it's that is beyond me. But I kind of want to go back to what you were saying with that coming to America reference that um, the players were giving you. Yeah. In our intro, I have I too have a coming to America reference. And <laughs> it is you remember when I was sitting in the audience, the barbershop uh, characters, and it said, that boy good, that boy good. Well, uh, Taylor Heineke, that's what I was saying when he showed out. <laughs> that boy good. Uh, can you speak to his, like, how the players, because you're with them, how they felt about him stepping up? Because it, it has been a toss-up season as far as the quarterback position. Look, I'm not going to break news here, but we've kind of had a quarterback saga in Washington, right? And everyone has seen this, you know, at the beginning of the season, it's Dwayne Haskins. But then we have the Alex Smith story, 17 surgeries coming back on the field. At first, we think he's just going to maybe touch the field a little bit. You know, Kyle Allen goes down, you know, lo and behold, now we're seeing Alex Smith just remarkable. And the next thing you know, we're like, all right, we see Dwayne Haskins get benched after that Patriots game. But he's a hometown guy. I told you guys, we love our own. So Dwayne Haskins had a lot of support. I remember meeting Haskins when he finished high school and he was leaving Bullis. A lot of support in the area again, because we love our own in the DMV area. And lo and behold, we're going to a playoff game. Finally, three and 13 last year. I remember even before that, I remember on my social media logging on every day at one point and just seeing fire Bruce Allen hashtags. Like it was that crazy at one time for this football team. And then this guy comes out of nowhere. We're hearing that, you know, oh, he might play. We're like, okay, you know, I mean, just give it a try, give it a shot. You know, we're not expecting as much, but we do feel like we can be brave because we have Chase Young leading this defense. We have a defensive front that everyone and their mom is talking about. And, you know, on the offense, We've seen the emergence of Cam Sims. You know, Terry McLaurin is going to play. All right, so a lot of boxes checked. Taylor Heineke, we see him come in and just do something electric. You know, some people just have that it factor, or some people just walk in a room and everyone, like, looks. He did that. He gave it that effort, that effort, I think, that many fans were asking for from Dwayne Haskins. Because people want you to give it your all. Because, again, this is a football franchise that has been suffering, like, it's so funny. People always be like, Kelsey, you remember the last Super Bowl here? I'm like, no, because I wasn't even here yet. So, no, I don't remember it. But, of course, I know the great stories of it. But it's been that long. So you have a whole generation growing up in D.C. that has only heard the stories of greatness of this football team. Taylor, I think, brought that back and truly let people know that this franchise is destined for greatness. I haven't heard people this excited about this Washington football team franchise since that RG3 era. Because when I tell you guys RG3 was a god here, RG3 was a god here. He was worshipped here. Like, people would sacrifice themselves for RG3 because that's the mania he caused. And you know we went, you know what we went through with Kirk Cousins. You know, I like that. And But not everyone was fully sold on Kirk. And, of course, we saw what happened with Captain Kirk or whatever you want to call him. And then the Alex Smith story happens. We're rooting for Alex Smith. But we also know only so much can happen with Alex. Taylor gave us a chance to not only win, but beat the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Like, who could have wrote that story? Again, a guy that came from ODU studying to be an engineer about to enter our STEM field that is now putting on a football show looking Lamar Jackson-esque at times in that football game. I mean, I, if I'm a movie director, I'm all writing the Tyler Heineke story. I just said because it was that great. Like that football game was that important. And I haven't seen fans so excited after a loss in Washington in a long while. It's because they're hopeful. And I already tell you guys, people are already saying Washington's going to win the NFC East division next year. Like that's how confident they are. And some are even calling, asking him to be the starting quarterback. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's how good he made fans feel. And now you have a guy that was no offense to Taylor, but really a no name, right? You know, being somebody, being a name that everyone's looking for, you know, on Google, everyone's searching Taylor Heineke. Everyone's trying to find gear. You go to the flea markets here. Best believe you're finding Taylor Heineke stuff because everyone wants to be a part of that story. And I think everyone's excited about what's next. I, again, I haven't seen that in a long while and we're still rooting for Alex Smith, but 
Taylor, I mean, every show I'm going on, listening to DC Sports Radio, we're still talking about Taylor Heineke and everyone's truly a fan and a believer. We've been waiting to believe in a quarterback that can be the franchise face because remember that was supposed to be Dwayne Haskins. I'll tell you guys, Dwayne Haskins left us heartbroken. You know, he was that guy on a date that seems perfect. Next thing you know, you know, you do some research and Googling and you're like, oh man, he's done this, 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 and this. Thank I got to let him go, right? <laughs> and that's what happened with Dwayne Haskins, you know? And he's that, you know, he's not that one that got away because they're just like, no, you know, it just happened. Even though I think a lot of people to go. Dwayne. Dwayne hurt us, right? <laughs> like he hurt us twice with those COVID protocols. And we just, because he was so great at Ohio State, you know, that's what people were expecting. But again, Taylor, of all people, because many people were like, well, Kelsey, why didn't he play the full season? I mean, if we had known, of course, we would have loved for him to play the full season, but no one could have known he would be able to do what he did. I think even Tom Brady would have to give Taylor his props because Tampa Bay, there was a, just think of Washington had won that game. What would that have done for Brady's legacy? We'll never know, but that would have been crazy. Like, I mean, we were really feeling like when we beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and the players, the players, the players believed in them. Chase Young is his biggest hype man. I think you guys have seen this. Chase Young pointing to the back of that jersey. And even before that, like, I mean, Chase is a kind of key, right? And it's like, it's fun. And Chase is a believer. All the guys are a believer. He's made that locker room believe in him. He made Coach Ron Rivera believe in him and trust him. All the coaching staff talking so positive about him because he gave his all. You remember, he was hurt that game. Came back out and gave his all. No one could have asked any more. And that's what the fans want. People who can sacrifice on the football field and get this franchise back to winning division. You know, Washington felt disrespected this year, quite frankly. The players felt disrespected. We all heard the NFC East jokes, right? <laughs> we all heard about the jokes for the Washington football team. And I think Taylor just showed this is why you need to put respect on our name. And this is why we're going to be bigger and better than next year. Everyone's already looking forward to this all season, but next season, because they truly believe that the Washington football team will make some noise. Ooh, is that what you said? <laughs> you didn't hold back. Okay. No, I mean, we've had multiple conversations about this. When Taylor came out, we said, is his name Tyler? What is this guy's name? I'm trying to search. Something with the T. <laughs> what university did he go to? We were literally searching. Uh, Tiffany and I kept having these conversations. And before that Tampa game, we were like, well, they still need to be still looking for a, a guy that can really come in and do some work. After that game, like you said, everybody's looking at him like, okay, that he has potential. He literally had an opportunity and he showed out. I don't know who gave him the advice that he needed to say, you better put everything out on that game, which he did. Because for Haskins, it was like, once again, what you exactly what you said, they support their own. They make sure that they continue to give him those opportunities. And it just, it just didn't work out. So what happens next for Washington? We know Washington has the number 19 pick, right? After seeing Taylor, his whole performance, does that change their perspective? What do they do when they have that number 19 pick, Kelsey? I'm telling you guys, this is going to be so special because I think we're going to go into an interesting offseason because for one, we're going to have a lot of good veteran quarterbacks on the market. So do you take a chance on an older veteran or do you try to pull somebody in at that number 19 spot? Or do you see the reception that Taylor's getting? You know, the culture is changing. You have a very young team. I have to remind myself I'm older than a lot of the guys on the team, and I still don't think I'm that old. You know, so you're looking at rebuilding, right? And you know something is special this year. I think defensively, you feel pretty solid. Now, you might have questions about the secondary, but also if I could shout out somebody, the job that Cam Curl did as a rookie, again, just another player that deserves a shout out. But the offensive side of the ball, I think, you know, we're looking at, well, if Taylor is the, you know, the guy, we're still going to need some solid receivers. You know, we, we have Terry. Terry's like no brainer, amazing receiver, like breaking records. The emergence of Cam Sims and Cam has just had a phenomenal game. And even when you look at that Tampa Bay game, just how, how special his moments were. And I think the other receivers, you know, we're looking at, again, I think Washington has some solid receivers, but you want some sure handed receivers. Like that's what makes the Kansas city Chiefs so well is that Patrick Mahomes has weapons, like weapons on weapons on weapons on the offensive side of the football. And you want Washington to get to that. And I think because you have to look at if you know, if Alex Smith does come back, right? If he does, you have to look at what can Alex Smith do? You're probably gonna look at a shorter passing game, right? You're gonna want shorter chucked passes. So again, you need some shorthanded receivers that can do that. I love also how we use our running backs in Washington. For me, 
for that offensive side of the ball, I think one, we also want to protect our quarterback no matter who it is. So I may be looking at mm, a receiver, which you want to get first round because an offensive lineman you can wait later on. And I don't know, you know, what top receiver I pick at that number 19 spot, but I do think Washington needs a sure-handed receiver. Terry can get that deep ball, but we can get somebody to also just help get the load off of Terry, and Terry doesn't always have to be Superman every single game. I think Washington will solve one of their key components uh, that this year, you know, I wouldn't say it fully limited them because we saw how this franchise turned it around after, you know, being down and part of the season. But I think a receiver is what I would do with that pick, just because it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. You need somebody to catch the football. Not everybody can be Lamar Jackson and just do it all, right? Like, it's just you need somebody to catch that football. I have to agree. Uh, we definitely need a big weapon, a wide receiver. Like you said, that, that separates a lot of teams in this league, that that guy that in the, this league is built off of offense. I know we love our defensive players, but it's the difference between Aaron Donald and yeah. even uh, – um, Antonio Brown. He has all those issues, but you hear more about Antonio Brown than you hear about Aaron Donald. And that's just the nature of the league. Uh, so with that being said, uh, I have said it time and time again. I know we, we had a running back issue because Darius Geis went through his problems, but I do believe we need to probably look at a running back. Um, I know Leonard Fournette will be a free agent. Uh, cornerback we definitely need to sure up that position I mean Kendall Fuller great athlete but we need we need some more depth at the cornerback position at the linebacker position as well uh my my hypothesis though is that we're going to target a tight end because that I mean a tight end in this league that makes it go around and I think Ron Rivera can look at the league in general and tell that uh what are your thoughts on uh, the pieces we need to fill yeah, I like what you said about the tight ends. Do you look at how special tight ends have been in the league? You know, um, Travis Kelsey, you know, not only does he have a cool last day, but he's a great tight end. And if you look at somebody like Mark Andrews and what he's been doing in Baltimore, uh, Lamar Jackson's top receiver, Logan Thomas, a guy from the area that just excelled this season. There were many questions around him. You look at his impact. I think, you know, tight ends don't get enough love, but they're so special on the football team. So when they're not, when they're not catching footballs, what are they doing? They're blocking. Like they're so special for these teams. I think they cause disruption, which confuses defenses, which of course in turn helps the offense. And so I do like the offensive side, you know, Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team, just wow, how special he's been, you know, I mean, you see why they called him a swift army knife, like he truly is a weapon, and when his toe, when he's fully healed and healthy, I, I really do like him, I do like J.D. McKissick, I do think Washington has a pretty solid run game, so I think if they do draft a running back in the draft, I will wait till further down, I do like what you said about a tight end, but I think the future is going to be so bright for Logan Thomas, you know, I think he had so much to prove this season. And I think especially towards the end of the season, he just shined, you know, he just, he's that polished ring that you just cleaned off and he was just shining brightly. And a lot of fans have been a fan of Logan Thomas. I think if he can continue to excel and develop at this level, I think I'd like it, but I think you're right. The secondary part, we just need because look, when you're going up against the Antonio Browns of the world and we see receivers getting faster, you know, we talked about Justin, Jeff Justin Jefferson earlier on the show, you need somebody to guard these people, right? I mean, it's just, you just do. And, you know, a defensive front is great, but guess what? When they're coming at it, that means a quarterback is throwing that football quick, which means you need to be able to trust that secondary. And I think Washington has had some questions in that spot. And that's how sometimes how we've gotten beaten ultimately lost games. I do think you look at that spot, but I still do think I would personally, I'm still going for the wide receiver first. Because like you said, I mean, you know, it can be a shootout of a battle. Uh why Baker Mayfield is so good this year. He has weapons. Like he has weapons. weapons, I weapons, like Baker weapons. Mayfield. <laughs> but I'm not gonna praise Baker Mayfield to get on my knees and say, oh my gosh, this quarterback is the best quarterback. He has weapons, right? He's doing what he's doing with his weapons. If you get a quarterback the right weapons, and that's why, you know, the Browns defense is pretty solid, but it doesn't matter because their offense is so good. And you know, when that offense is on the football field, when at their best that they can score points, that's why they went into Pittsburgh and shocked the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then, of course, who knows what will happen this upcoming weekend, but it's just special. And I think Baker, with the right pieces around him, I think he'll always be fine. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, another one example, like when he has shorthanded receivers, the Ravens are good. But right now it's pretty much been Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews at the tight end spot. Sneed and Boykin both need to step up and be solid receivers, I think, for the Ravens if they want to make an ultimate championship run. The defense is pretty good, pretty solid. They have some holes to fix, but ultimately that Baltimore Ravens defense is solid on paper. But when you look at all the great teams, 
It's because those quarterbacks have someone that they can throw to and catch with. That's why Tom Brady made sure that Antonio Brown went to where? Went to Tampa with him. He wanted sure-handed receivers. Tom Brady wants another ring, so he was going to make sure that he had the weapons around him. And anybody that's won a championship knows that part. So I think Washington, again, they have the pieces and the formula, but I'm sure this team in the offseason is looking at some of these hot college receivers that we're seeing. We just saw the college, the college championship game. Don't you just wish we could get Devonta Smith? Like, don't you just wish? <laughs> I mean, it's not fair, right? But just think about if you placed him in that Washington offense, man, just something special. Fingers oh, crossed. I know, right? Look, something might happen. Something would have to happen. But what I will say, though, is I think uh, we've been talking about this as well. Devontae Smith, he is, or I'm sorry, Devontae Smith, he is a great athlete and an amazing wide receiver, and we would love him. Um, So I can't say that it wouldn't be great to have him, but I think we need that big guy. I think we need that tall, wide out, because Terry McLaurin, he kind of, he's that that freak play, that down, that third down um, reception that we need, but we need that long wide receiver. But you're absolutely right. That would be. I like you. Put a lot, because even like, it's like Steven Sims has been one I'd love to see just continue to improve, but you know, there's still growth there, right? Like, because once he gets strong, it's going to be something very special, right? But I think Washington, again, which is sure-handed receivers, again, it just, I don't care who you put at quarterback. If they have weapons, they're going to do what they need to do, such as Taylor Heineke. That should be like a, a phrase we use, you know, do the Taylor Heineke and just get the ball down, you know, make it work, you know, just get, get something done. But that's how special it was. And I think he knows that. Like, Taylor trusted his receivers in those games. But then when they weren't open, he just went and did it. So you want a quarterback that can do that, but you also don't want your quarterback to get hurt which is, again, why you need quality receivers that they can throw the football to, especially because if you get a veteran quarterback here in Washington, they're not going to want to get hit a lot. <laughs> they're going to want to get that football out and get it out rather quickly, which means they need receivers that they can count on to catch that football. Because, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about Cam Newton. I don't see Cam Newton coming here to Washington, right? It's just and, – and, and to be honest, and I, I'm a fan of Cam's, but his Superman, his Superman days are just over, right? Like, that's not the Cam Newton that you're going to get. And it's unfortunate, but at the same time, I do like a veteran in Washington because it's a very young, very, very, very young football team. And that's why they look to Alex Smith and his leadership and his inspiring story. And Alex was that for every quarterback. He was in their ear trying to push and propel them. Again, why we were hurt by Dwayne Haskins. You're learning from someone like Alex Smith who has been in this league for so long. And think about it. Alex Smith has never even been in trouble. Like, I mean, just pretty much a class act guy and then to do all that he did to sacrifice all that he did I mean I don't think we can underestimate just how much he impacted and inspired this football team not just on the offensive side of the ball but the defensive side of the ball everyone wants to give all they had and then Ron Rivera gets cancer like when I say this team faced so much adversity and then of course we know this summer with all the allegations that came out like this team had to trailblaze through so much on and off of the football field and to have the season that they did was truly remarkable. And I think that's why in Washington, we're not feeling like losers. We're just feeling like this was a season to completely build off of because we did what everyone said they can't, we can't, like we did what everyone said that we can't. And we not only did that, but we did it at a top level. Cause I think at the beginning of the season, everyone knew this division was Philadelphia's to lose or win, right? It was the Philadelphia Eagles. We thought Carson Wentz was just gonna come out and ball out. We know what happened with Carson Wentz. And of course they didn't have them like that. But, you know, on paper, we thought the Eagles would be the best because, you know, there's no Dak and, in, 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 you know, with the Cowboys, even though I do think we thought Andy Dalton would be better <laughs> than he fared out to be. But, you know, no one was talking about the Washington football team. People were just laughing about the football game, right? And then lo and behold, they come out and become the champions, Chase Young's emergence, and everyone's already talking about just how great he's going to be if he's this good as a rookie, but then everything that Washington's been through, just no one thought that they could do what they did this season. And they went out this season, they won the division, and then they got close to beating TV 12 again. You can't make this stuff up. Like, truly, this Washington football team has just been something special. And that's why we're looking forward to the offseason. So whatever player that comes here, I just know they're going to have to bring their all, sacrifice, you know, your life for this football team because they know that they're only going to be bigger and better. Everyone believes in them. And I truly think the guys truly do love each other again they've been through a lot this season they've been through a lot this football year young guys easily you know impressionable and they love their coach I can't speak to I mean I can only speak to how much Ron Rivera means to this football team like when I say they love their coach he is a player's coach and they would do anything for that coach like that's how 
important having him in there was Jason Smith coming in and doing what he's doing. I mean, Jason Wright, Jason Wright coming in and doing what he's doing. Incredible and remarkable. And the fans love him. Remember, I told you guys how at the time people hated this franchise. They kept talking about hashtag fire Bruce Allen. We're now, I mean, they're just pleased with how Jason Wright has come in and just been open and transparent. This name change that we're going through. Fans, you know, being able to just go online and put their submissions in and explain why. I mean, everyone truly, I think, feels more a part of this football team than they have in a long while. And so I think that's special as well as we move forward. It definitely has been a journey. And as you know, <laughs> what we've been is that the fans have been on this journey every step of the way, holding on tight and still literally rooting and shouting for them from their TVs at home. It has been a journey in COVID altogether. And that's just been a lot, but we're going to leave the conversation here. I absolutely loved every single bit of this, <laughs> but Kelsey, where can people find you, follow you, find your content and all of that great stuff? Yeah. Well, thank you both for having me. This was so much fun. And you know, again, the future is just only bright in Washington. So I'm excited for seasons to come in this off season. And I hope fans can know that they can still follow along with our Washington football team content. The season is done. The content is not done. So they can still catch the life every Thursday that comes out with me and Fred Smoot on our Washington football team website and our YouTube channel. And then my fashion show that Fit comes out every Friday on the Washington team uh, YouTube and our website. So definitely check those out. Every Saturday morning, Washington football unfiltered on NBC Sports Washington. Follow me at the Real K Nelson on Twitter and Instagram and just Kelsey Nicole Nelson on Facebook. Everything's on my website, KelseyNicoleNelson.com. Check out new episodes of Listen In With Canon every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And then a podcast version also drops on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify weekly. So basically, there's lots of ways to hear me. Hopefully, everyone supports it. Lots of great DC sports talk and national sports talk. So I hope everyone follows along for the journey. Absolutely. Go check her out. She's doing incredible things. You are. We always love to have trailblazers, and you are that, a trailblazer. So once again, thank thank you. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Riled Up. Remember, we're riled up to bring you the hottest Washington football team topics with a twist. Um, That twist is great interviews just like this one. So if you guys have any suggestions on who you would love to come on the show, you never know how God wants to work. Um, So put your inquiries and and who you want in our comments. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter. You can follow me. At Tiffany Hoyt on Instagram at TTA Legend. And we also have the Riled Up Washington Instagram page now. And you can follow Alana as well. At Alana Bearfield, A-L-L-A-N-A-B-A-R-E-F-I-E-L-D. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Remember to stay riled up. <laughs>